Welcome to episode 110 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. As always, I'm joined by Jason, and we've got yet another great guest this week. This is a good one. Yeah, we've got Steve Ray coming back. He was on this podcast on episode 14, so it's been quite a while. He was one of our early guests. Here we are, 96 episodes later. That's right. He is he is the Grand Poobah, or one of the Grand Poobahs of the Tulsa music scene. That is a great way to put it. Yeah. That's right. Many stories, uh, you know, so much insight. Uh, this, this is a great conversation. Yeah. He's got his band, Oklahombres, and of course he was the leader of the band Pitbulls on Crack. Yes. Who we... We both love, and yes. I know many other people do as well. So we're going to talk about all that stuff coming up here in a bit. Before we get into that, what do we need to talk about? There was a an official announcement from Driver. Yeah, yes, there sure was. Because, you know, we kind of talked about that when we saw Driver at the the first day of Halata Fest. They showed up and had Eddie Green from Even the Dogs on vocals, kind of as a surprise to most people, I think. And... They made it official just this past week that he's now their singer. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, <clears throat> we don't know what happened. It's not for us to say, but we do know that we saw Eddie with Driver, and it was uh, it was a pretty good little kick in the balls. Yeah. So uh, I- I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, I can't wait to hear some recorded stuff. Uh, this should be a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We've talked to, talked to them about coming on here and talking about it, and they said they would, so hopefully you hear that here in the coming weeks. Definitely. The Devil You Adore also made an announcement here actually yesterday. Yes, they did. That they have, I guess, split ways with Delaney, and it sounded like it was a mutual thing. It wasn't anything bad, you know, and we've talked a ton about that band and about her. Yeah. Loved what she brought to the band, but they're moving in a different direction, and they've got Devin LaCour. Who was the singer of King High? Yes, yes, he was. I think, I think we played a King High song. Yeah, yeah. we did. Like, man, that's probably been about a year ago. But we also saw him yes. live. Remember yes, at the did. shrine once. That's right. And they were great. He had a great stage presence, a great live voice. So it'd be interesting to see because this is when we talk about Driver. What they did, you know, it was a change because that's two different styles of singers. But this is significantly different because you're going from a female vocalist to a male vocalist. Yeah, and. I know that, that Devin has, can do the growling stuff and the singing stuff, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how this plays out for the Devil Your Door. I think, it'll, I think it'll be good either way. Definitely. So, yeah, I look forward to that. They've got several shows lined up, so we're going to find out sooner than later, I think. Yes, we will. Time's making changes, isn't it? Yeah. Is that a reference to a band we're going to see next week? Yes, it is. Tesla. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll fit that in somehow. Yeah. Speaking of bands that... No, I don't really have a segue there. Hey, you tried. <laughs> I you, tried. Gave, you know, you gave it a good old I thought it was just something clever was going to come, but it didn't. I won't hold it against you. Yeah. Well, how about this? Here's a new band from an old friend. Well, not an old friend, but an old friend in the podcast since our podcast began. That's right. Jamie Kaczynski was on this show with us almost a year ago. I think it was last March. It was episode 52. And we get into details on all his stuff, his music. He also runs Impact Events. They put on the Not-So-Silent Night every December. And they also now put on Serpent Stomp in Tulsa, which that's coming up this April, the second the second um, installment of that. And he has a brand new band called 13 Minutes and their debut single, 
It's uh, through Rottweiler Records, and it's called This Life.
This Life, the debut song from 13 Minutes out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, that song's got it all. I yes, mean, it's it got, does. It's got riffs. It's got lyrics, you know, that have deep meaning. It's got... Vocals you know, that'll rip your head off. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got the heavies, the growls, the the melodic stuff. And it's even got a chorus that, you know, you're singing along to with halfway through the song. You know, great. It's got that breakdown in the middle. It's just got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Jamie's back there uh, killing, killing the drums. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing what else these guys have coming. That's a great debut, I think. You know, it's a, a really strong track. So I'm really, really hyped to see what these guys have coming. Definitely. And I know that was recorded at uh, Simpson Studios, which I think is where we saw Screen Red Mutiny. Yes, it is. It record. is. That's great. Like I said, Jamie was on episode 52. So go back and check that out to kind of hear about, I think you talked about the, the early makings of this band at that point, you know, what or what he was looking to, to put together. And yeah. of course, he talked about Serpent Stomp. And speaking of Serpent Stomp, that's coming up. Here in April, and 13 minutes is on that bill. It's also got Grave Robber, who I know that you're a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see them live. So the Serpent Stomp is uh, Saturday, April 22nd, and here in Tulsa, it's got Project 86, Grave Robber, Rival Choir, Broken Flesh, Death Therapy, Becoming Saints, The Weeping Gate, Sardis, Bread for War, Corescape, and 13 Minutes. And that's actually in Owasso, which is a suburb of Tulsa. Gotcha. So if you're in this area, get your butt out there. That's a full day of heavy music because some of those bands, you know, like Broken Flesh, heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. So there's kind of a little bit for everything because Grave Robber, you know, is like horror punk. It's kind of all over the place. There you go, 13 Minutes. You can get that song on Bandcamp, iTunes, YouTube. Get on their spot or get on their Facebook and like them. All right, another area show that just got announced recently with Gemini Syndromes coming to Tulsa, and I'm bringing this up because we've got some some friends, as Eddie Trunk likes to say, <laughs> that are that are opening this show. You know, we're do, we we make those references every time now. It's yeah. it's going to become a thing. Yeah. Sorry, it's not Mike Piazza or Scott Ian, but yeah. we've got friends that are as awesome as Mike Piazza and yeah. Scott Ian. Hey, they're our friends. Been friends with them forever. You know, we we know and we love them. You know, we're personal friends. Yeah, I just texted Andy from Fist Rage a minute ago about this. <laughs> We've got who do we have on this? We got Fist of Rage, Fist of Rage, Reliance, Reliance Code, Code, and Alter Blood. Alter Blood. Yeah, so we've got three Oklahoma bands on this show opening up for Gemini Syndrome out at the Shrine. If you're in this area, get out there. I'm pretty sure this will fill up because, you know, Gemini Syndrome has a following. And these, yes. that's just, you know, I'd love to go to the show with just those three opening bands. So Definitely. Now, is it is it Gemini Syndrome and, like, another touring support, or is it just Gemini Syndrome with these three openers? I think it just listed those three openers. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good... Uh, it could be something added later, but as of now... That's all it said yeah. on the bill that I yep. saw. We just saw Alter Blood at uh, a lot of fests. They were awesome, so it's a good yeah. bill. Yeah, Reliance Code, we've talked about them a ton of times, and they've two of the members were just on the podcast um, just, what, four or five episodes yeah. ago. And that's a great one. These guys have a great, you know, hard rock sound that definitely will fit perfect opening up for Gemini Syndrome. 
and Fist of Rage the same way. Fantastic live band. We go on and on about them and for good meaning. That's right. You don't want to miss them if they're in your area. April 4th. Well, got anything else we need to talk about before we get into this Steve Ray business? Now let's just uh, roll the thing. Oh, just straight into it? Not even uh, <laughs> preview it? <laughs> well, well, I think people know what's what's going on. That's, yeah. you know, where I'm at. I mean, it's That's Steve true. Ray. That's a good point. No introduction needed. That's right. Sounds like you know it's a real original thing. Yeah, you know, uh, we uh, we just take from like we kind of got the idea from listening to like Eddie Trunk podcasts and right Jamie Josta, the singer for Hatebreed. He's got a real good one. Yeah, and we just kind of I don't know. We just hey, let's do that. Yeah. You know, so we even take a little bit from like you know format wise and stuff from some of that. But I don't know. Mm. You know, I I liked it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm talking out of my ass or something, but, you know, I like that, you know, we focus on local stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's that, that kind of stuff around in other cities, but, you know, I just well, like that we do both, you know. You know, I think Tulsa's got a unique little scene all its own, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Our old guitar player, Andy, moved to Corvallis, Oregon, man, he can't really find anybody, you know, to... Really? mentally or whatever to jam with there's yeah. a lot of people playing there but it's college town yeah and he's not college age anymore <laughs> <laughs> so you know i could see where that might be a little bit of a hindrance move yeah. maybe portland but he says you know just what he's trying to do or what he continued to do from when he was in here with uh what were they called uh orchestra yeah I, I think, you know, he can't find those kind of players, even though Yob is up from there and he mm-hmm. loves him and he's like, gets to go see him a lot and hang out with him backstage and stuff. I think he has a couple of times, you know, but there is that kind of a scene there, but it's just not as, I don't know, prolific or something as here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of cool. Tulsa's always been a stepchild of uh, bigger cities and you know it's but there is a little unique thing here all its own and it goes back to the i guess the 50s or something mm-hmm. you know uh and it's ever changing you yeah. know do you think like i don't know sometimes i look back on just the brief around the the 98 2000 that you know i was in it for a, just a short time but it seems a little bit more like everybody's more supportive of each other nowadays. What do you think about, I mean, I don't know. Well, I certainly hope so. I know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, when I was, I've been in the scene a long time here and, you know, there's a lot of ego stuff a long time ago. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I do think people support, you know, the other bands, you roll up and it's like, that's all that's there. (laughs) <laughs> it's the other bands <laughs> so you know we need to be supporting each other yes. you know what I mean and it's like I, it's real disheartening 
when you're playing last and everybody leaves and it happens more and more and that's one thing that was is not as cool these days Mm -hmm. but yeah other than that i hope that uh I hope that all these guys are supporting each other because it's, you know, it's really important that everybody express themselves musically in their own way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dreaded thing that I hate to hear or read when people are talking about bands is they're good at what they do. That is like translated, I hate them. You know, they yeah. suck. I'm being nice. They're good at what they do. They're yeah. not anything that appeals to me. But it's just, I just hate hearing that. I've been hearing that for 30 years. <laughs> it's might, like, man, just say they suck. <laughs> I, might be, I might have been guilty using that term. Uh, we all have, man. I know I have been, too. You know, they're good uh, at what they do. And no, man, you know, they're good. <laughs> of course, they're good at what they do. They're either good or bad at what they do. I don't know. It's just a little pet peeve of mine that, that I've picked up over the years. And yeah, like I say, I'm just as guilty of saying it about bands, you know, just to try to yeah. strain for something nice to say yeah. about somebody yeah. sometimes. But <clears throat> but there's a lot of talent in Tulsa, and I think it should be appreciated by other talented people in Tulsa yeah, no and supported. And uh, I'm guilty of not. I'm getting older, and I've had kids, and, you know, I don't go out that much anymore. Yeah. And I would like to go see all my friends on Facebook's band, because there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And I try to follow, keep up, you know, where they're playing and this and that. And you now I was driving for Uber last year, so if we weren't playing, I had to be driving for Uber on the weekends, and yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't go support my friends, and I'm sure, you know, I'm just kind of like a, the wind and a, a, you know, some spirit from the past that just kind of blows <laughs> through. It's like. Yeah, well, Steve Ray was here. Well, really? <laughs> what do you know? So who's that? Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, I hope that people are supporting each other. Yeah, really definitely. big time. Yeah, I, I like what you said about, you know, everybody, by the time the last band comes on, everybody leaves. Yeah. They, but, all, they always give, like, the the hot band or the one that's got the most, they, they always give them that prime time slot. Right. It's like, if well, if if people are going to come see them, just make them headline anyways. Yeah. But I don't, you know. That's what I think. If they're yeah. going to be holding the crowd, let's make them hold the crowd yeah. the longest. Yeah. Let's see yeah, that bugs me because I think if someone's going to show up and see them at 1030, they would show up and see them at 1130 yeah. or midnight. Exactly. So Talk- put on the other band in front of them and give them a decent crowd too, you know. Well, I think we're, you know, sometimes this is kind of coming to play a lot is when there's band with, or there's a show with seven bands on it, you know, and then yeah. it's like... You've got a generation that's got a real short attention span, and they're not going to sit in one place for seven hours watching bands play. They want to see a couple of them, you know, three maybe. just depends. But uh, certainly seven band bills or more, you know, have their place, and it should be dealt with. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see... uh, People stick around for the last band more, especially when we are one of them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, many bands, you know, a lot of fest. That was great. It really, really was, man. I, uh, of course, was friends with John. Yeah. Very sad, man. Shocking. The whole thing, you know, the the day I heard about the wreck, and then, you know, I heard he was supposed to be okay, and then. You know, Christmas morning, it was just just an incredibly bad day. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a bad time to go on Christmas Day. He's got a 10-year-old kid that, you know, the magic of Christmas is gone for him. Yeah, it's you know? done. And it's like a really horrible way for him to grow up at 10 years old. So, um, no way around it, man. It just sucks that happened to John and Casey. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, a lot of fest was good. It was nice to see all these bands come together, and I think way more money was raised at that thing than any other benefits that's ever went down in this town. Man, yeah. it was really Steve uh, Murdoch. At one point on the first night, he whipped out a wad of bills <laughs> as big as his hand you know, could hold, great. and he just started going through, and he goes, "Look at this." He goes, it's all 20s. And, wow. and I was sitting there looking at him. Everyone was 20. He goes, I, I've made this from selling uh, raffle tickets for two bucks a piece. And I was like, man, you have sell like crap load. That's great. <laughs> of That's awesome. Raffle tickets. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like he had like two or three grand in his hand from $2 raffle tickets. Man. So, you know, man, it's just. Uh, it's one of those things with John. It's, it's a very sad deal. It's sad that that thing had to happen at all. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think that, you know, the scene will never be the same without John. Mm-hmm. He was, he had a soul that he brought to the scene that's, you know, just kind of, it's gone. But I mean, it was a rare thing that anybody ever brought to the scene, the kind of soul that John brought. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of galvanized things, you know, without even trying to. It was just his personality and his music and, you know, people just really wanted to. He was larger than life, you know, like us. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love John, man. I just, I, I knew him pretty well. I wish I knew him better. Yeah. But we played a couple of gigs with Screaming Red Mutiny. They were great. I remember watching Joint Effect all those years ago. And, man, I love John's voice. He... uh was one of my favorite singers, just my favorite singer in town, period. Yeah. Just the timbre of his his voice. It wasn't anything really acrobatic, but it just uh, really appealed to, I think, a lot of people. And I kind of messed with him all the time. You know, when we'd get together, he was with Screaming Red Muni, which was, you know, only a year, or if that... And, you know, I always kind of mess with him. He's like, John, you need to be singing, man. And he's like, man, I know. <laughs> you could just tell it's kind of eating at him. Yeah. There's nothing against Sprout because, you know, and I said this when we played the other night, Sprout's a great singer, great front man. And, yeah. and, a, and John and him were just apparently best friends, you yeah. know. So, uh, you know, nothing against him. It, it went back to joint effect. And before I ever knew, Screaming Red Muni was going to exist mm-hmm. when Sprout was in Kingshifter. And lived in Wichita. <laughs> so, so yeah, very sad, man. But, yeah, it was a great night. Uh, great bands. Uh, you guys, man, this band that played after us called Custom Black, oh, man, they were really good. Really? Yeah, they were just the pure stone rock. Nice. From Kansas City. Uh, in fact, Sprout, Sprout brought them down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, three-piece band, good vocals, just just pure snow rock, and it was just awesome. Couldn't believe how good they were. Couldn't yeah. believe my fortune. Um, but, yeah, every band that I did see, and uh, I didn't see every band, but you know, it was great to see Screaming Red Muni. is real emotional. Yeah, it was. And uh, it got that way again. Sprout got up and sang. Joint Effect tribute the second Saturday, and, you know, 
Kudos to everybody, Steve Murdoch and everybody that did put this thing together in kind of a short notice. And we, from our end, we were asked to do it about a month ago. Yeah. And we didn't have a couple of members. So anyway, (laughs) we kind of scrambled just because we wanted to be part of it, you know. So I think that's a big deal, you know, to... So many bands wanted to be a part yeah. of that. Yeah. Too bad about John, man. Yeah. yeah Do you definitely. think it's something that could be a yearly event? That you know they're talking about that. I don't know how they would approach that uh, from a business standpoint. I mean, you're going to call a whole lot of fests. Is it all just going to go into some sort of trust fund or whatever? I'm sure it'd be you know a lot of questions they're asking right now. Right. If they're going to continue to do it every year. Um, you can't just, you know, use somebody's name like that over and over without the family's, right. you yeah, know, exactly. permission. So then there can be legality. So who knows, man? I hope they do. Um, why not, man? Yeah. I think John's going to have far reaching effects on the scene anyway. You know, yeah. I know we got together, you know, we scrambled to get something together just to play this thing. And, uh, so they're, you know, exhibit A. And who knows how long reaching effects and or, or in what ways they will he will affect things, you know, in his yeah. passing and what he and his legacy, you know, which is basically what it if it continues is is his legacy, you know. So I hope it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned you guys had to scramble, so what's the the kind of status of the band as far as <clears throat> well, full-time members. Yeah, we had a couple members leave, Danny and Tony, and uh, you know, it's, we wish them well. Musical differences and all that, you know, it's kind of cliche, but but we truly do wish them well, and there's no hard feelings. Um, but whatever they decide to do, the, uh, we wish them well, and so Chad and Mark and I decided to stick it out, and we weren't really sure how this was going. We talked to some bass players. We tried out a couple of bass players. And I just I just don't know what we, if we even really knew what we wanted, you know. And it was some kind of, so this was going to be drug out into the summer before we got back to playing. So this kind of, a lot of fest lit the fire under our ass. And so we got uh, our old guitar player, original guitar player, Joel McKay, back. And he did a fantastic job, and it was just like he never left. And, you know, and we could not have pulled this thing off without him because we did get a new bass player, Bob Ramsey, that was in Bad Root, and he's an old friend of mine, and he's a good, good bass player and a good musician. You know, but he had to, like, learn all this stuff that he'd never tried to play. And, you know, I think we did maybe 10, 12 practices before yeah. we played the show. And so – uh Jill kind of helped cement, you know, the rhythm section, which is a rhythm guitar player. So he cemented that with Bob. And um, so we kind of went into this with the mindset of we're just doing this for the show. And then after, you know, our focus is all on that. And after that, then we'll figure out, you know, if we like what you guys are bringing to the table or if you guys want to still continue. So we, we kind of bounced it around, you know, while we were doing this. Uh, but we never really solidified anything. But I think it is solidly the lineup 
going forward. It was with Joe and Bob, and uh, hope it all works out. I think that's. I think they're wanting to. Uh, I think they're willing participants yeah. in our evil scheme to <laughs> overthrow the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this room will be filled with gear again. Yeah, well, it always is, man. I mean, it's just like echoey in here. And and I wish you guys could see Chad's drums there. Yeah, they're quite a sight to behold in person, believe yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I forgot to bring that up. I wanted to mention that that drum head from the, yeah. from the show. Was that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Did he put that together or himself? That is or? Chad's idea from the word go, man. That was all him. Chad brings really good ideas to the table. Uh, it's his idea about the bullet. You know, he just... He just brings in good ideas, man. And then he has the willingness to, you know, financially back them up. Because, mm-hmm. let's face it, you come up with ideas and most of the time it's going to cost money. Yeah. So, you know, he's uh, he's a man. And we're lucky to have Chad. We're lucky that he's a great drummer. He's the drummer I quintessentially have been looking for. He is basically Xanadu of drummers for me. <laughs> You know, um, he's the Bonham type drummer that, you know, I kind of forsook all that with, you know, thrash and it was like, who cares about, you know, Bonham anymore? I want, you know, blast beats, (laughs) but, but I've kind of come full circle and, you know, so that's, that's now where I feel that he is in my hierarchy of drummers I've played with. So nice. Yeah. Nice to have finally after yeah. all this time. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that um that bullet. Yeah. I still got mine. Awesome. How, yeah. how how did those do? Would you would you <coughs> do another run of those or do that again? Um <clears throat> that's a good question. Yeah. It's one I think Chad should answer. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> uh, so and I'm sure is, is Chad you know do it again. Yeah. <laughs> if things if things go well, I'm sure, you know, we will and we will uh you know, record again and whatever and have those shows for the intention of, you know, downloading our new music onto yeah. your bullets. Yeah. And it's an incentive to come to the show. So, but I don't know. No. You know, we're going to have to kind of, we've got a lot of work to do ahead of us and we're already people are wanting to play shows and we're just like, we're not really quite ready yet. And, you know, but uh, <clears throat> like I said, we, we need to solidify our thing. But yeah, those bullets... Yeah, hopefully we do do some more of those, and hopefully you know we'll come up with more product, and he'll have even greater ideas, crazier things that have never been done before. You know, yeah, that's that's what Chad brings to the table at times. So me and I just sing (laughs) and look good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, have you talked about recording new stuff? Or is that just oh, it's thing down the line. Kind of, uh, we we have talked about doing some things. Yeah, um, you know, at this point, uh, it's not really. You know, it's kind of it's kind of far fetched right now. You know, to realistically try to push that, we push this gig so hard that mm-hmm. you know we kind of taking some time off. Tonight's usually our practice night, so uh, we're taking a little bit of time off to kind of. Catch our breath from what we were trying to do, man. It was really, really, really uh, busy, and everybody was definitely sacrificing to kind of practice all the time yeah. and, and practice every minute we could. So, um, you know, we'll, we only had, we had seven songs ready at the show. 
which wasn't quite the 45 minutes that they were looking for, but yeah, it was about 30, 35. So, mm-hmm. so we need to kind of, you know, expand our set list some more and we've got some kind of ideas of stuff we want to do. And, uh, as far as recording again, I'm sure we're going to, but I'm not sure if we've got a timetable for that or if we're going to, where we're exactly going to record again, yeah. or if we may, Mark has been trying talking about doing it himself, which is, you know, the guy, you know, on the other end of Chad with all his great ideas, you know, Mark is the professor. That's what I always call him is the professor. He's smartest dude I've ever met and it's just like he just puts his mind something you know he's gonna do it and so he he did record us a couple of times and you know, he's done some mastering programs and this kind of thing so um, it's a little beyond my scope but you know he's a telecommunications guy and and he knows electronics and just the whole thing and uh, so we may go that route with Mark recording us I don't know we did that before. We just did, wasn't happy enough with it to release it. So it was a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, like you said earlier, you know, the show lit a fire with you guys again. So that's cool that you're, you know, going for it again. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I uh, am very fortunate to still be doing this yeah. not only... For so long, but, you know, at my age and all that stuff. So, you know, yeah, I'm very fortunate, man. There's a lot of dudes that are younger than me that have, you know, you know, like Andy, you know, talking about in Corvallis, Oregon from Pitbulls, you know, there's other guys here that can't really get stuff going on. It's kind of hard. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world. I mean, yeah. it's not like waving a magic wand. Mm-hmm. It takes some willingness with other parties to, you know, put together a band and then have some chemistry and you know, all these things and life doesn't get in the way and you have to, you know, step out or whatever. So, and now I've had to do that before, you know, and other people will too. So, um, anyway, yeah, I'm very lucky, very lucky to have these guys that I have. And we were lucky that, uh, we got Joe back. Thank you, Joe. If you're listening, yeah, we were really, really lucky to get him back. And, you know, Bob did not hesitate. We called him. So, you know, somebody's kind of wants to do something here. And yeah. I, and I'm glad that, you know, it's guys that we know because if we have to put out an ad or whatever, then you don't know this person. I don't want him to come over to my house when I don't know him. Exactly. You know, not, not that he would, you know, it's just like a 50 50 crapshoot mm. of, you know, what kind of personality you're going to be dealing with. So, or if they're thieves, <laughs> you know. That would be bad. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. Well, I know last year you guys were playing some Doomsday Junkie songs. Is that just because the members were there to do it? Basically? Well, that was part of it, yeah. Um, the other part was, you know, Chad, the guy with all the great ideas, we turned him on to it, and he loved it. And he spearheaded and pushed for us to play that. It was uh, largely him um, pushing pushing that, and uh, we were real slow to kind of come around to it, I think, slower than he wanted us to be. But we eventually did. He just kept pushing for it. Because, you know, 
I like the doomsday stuff, but it was just like, you know, it was like taking a step back in my mind and I wanted to be taking a step forward. And I was like, you know, it's wasting time. We could be writing better songs or whatever. But, you know, he, he just fell in love with it. And, um, so yeah, we, we only played, we played it pretty sparingly. We did like one song a couple of times and then, and then two shows we did and we were both with Screaming Red Mutiny. We played like five, five Doomsday Junkie songs. I'll get you a CD before you guys leave. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Maybe you can play it. Yeah. Yeah. We we would for sure. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, Hopefully uh, you like it. Trent had a. He was talking about the when we had the we had the not the guy from Nonpoint on and like uh, talking about Brady Theater, and you said you had some. Some uh, haunted Brady theater stories. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I remember. We yeah, ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we were. You know, that's the first time we had been backstage, and we were walking up down that. I couldn't believe that, that spiral place, staircase, man. and he's like, "Man, I'd hate to be walking down this one night when I was drunk." <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up, man. That's kind of the <laughs> the focus and the pinpoint of the haunting is that spiral staircase off to the stage right. <laughs> yeah. And there's got there's a ghost that if you're coming down the stairs, there's a ghost that will pop out. <clears throat> there's like a door that goes up the balcony. It's closed most of the time for you know mortals, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this ghost will push you down. You can feel his hands on your shoulder, and and like not push you down and where you're rolling, but just kind of push on you, and make you run down the stairs. And you get to the bottom and you turn around and there's nobody there. I mean, there's nobody all the way up, you know. And it's yeah. like, man, I even seen the guy out of the corner of my eye, you know. And, uh, you know, when this first started happening to me, I was working with Brady. And I just thought, man, you know, these guys are messing with me. <laughs> all these, my coworkers. And I was like, I didn't believe in this crap, you know. It's like, you know, it took me a long time to figure it out, you know. And, and it was actually, you know, talk, and talking with different people that, that did believe that the Brady was haunted. It was just like, uh, well, I think I've had some experiences there. <laughs> There's actually quite a few more. Um, you can like, I don't know. There's like a a lady that wears a green, yeah, with green dress with white polka dots. She's like dressed from the twenties or something. I yeah. don't know. I don't want to, you know, get into this thing where just like somebody's going to be able to prove that I'm crazy in a court of law one day down the road. But I'm just saying it. <laughs> Find out the hard to do. But yeah, it's very uh, haunted. Yeah, it's very haunted. And yeah, that spiral staircase. Uh, I've been pushed down that thing two or three times. It's been a long time. I can tell you that I'm not scared to go there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't scare me. But I don't really want to go there by myself. Yeah. And. uh you know, yeah, it's uh, it's like, you know, the the legend is the stage manager hung himself in there, in the rafters on the fly floor floor above the stage. This is real tall, and supposedly scribbled out some sort of suicide note. And then Enrico Caruso, the opera singer, he allegedly haunts it. Um. And then, of course, you know, the riots 21 is, you know, rumored they were yeah. burning bodies in the incinerator at the bottom. And I don't know. You yeah. know. 
how true all that is, but it would certainly stand a reason for yeah. that time period of, you know, how white people were treating black people back then. And, yeah. and it was some big deadly, deadliest riot in the, in the whole country, you know, race riot. So hopefully, uh, you know, and it's coming up on 100 years. And uh, the Brady was the convention center back in those days. So, really? Yeah. Yeah, and um, it was, uh, but it is, there is something to it, man. Yeah. I, ha- I haven't been in there in a long, well, I went and saw Lamb of God there. Yeah. But I haven't worked there, you know, and that's when it kind of gets crazy. You, you get, I remember being down <laughs> on, like, the front of house is where, you know, the soundboard goes. It's called front of house. So I remember, you know, they have sometimes these shows are just big, huge, elaborate boards. You weigh a ton, you need like six, eight people to, you know, get them out of the case and set them up and all this stuff. And, you know, you'd always be like trying to undo these cases or, or latch them back. And, you know, you'd feel tap, tap, tap on your shoulder while you're bent over and you turn around and there's nobody there, man. And you just start just kind of weird stuff, you know, where just weird enough that you think, you know, I'm being initiated by the stagehands here, you know, and you don't really, you know, run out of there screaming or anything like that. It's just like you, you start going, what the hell's stuff. going on here, yeah. man? You know? So yeah, it is really weird, but I know a lot about half the people I knew that worked there, you know, swears up and down that they've never felt any kind of, you know, paranormal thing. Yeah. But there's a, about the other half. Yeah. Had. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing. The unexplained. I think they did have like some kind of a paranormal crew go down there with the news crew one time and try to, uh, you know, to have all this paranormal equipment. I don't know yeah. what they do. Yeah. I don't really watch this crap anymore. You know. So, but yeah, I think they've been down there. I don't know. There's rumored that uh, they would have exorcisms and stuff at, at the Brady. After uh, after violent metal shows, <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, well, we, I remember being. I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, when up there wasn't there another staircase? That yeah, goes that's up? exactly. That's all I was going to bring oh, okay. up. Yeah, and I was just curious as to where that went or what's up on there. the uh, stage right side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had us. Like we got it, up that spiral one, and they had us wait in this room. And right by there, there was the staircase. Just went up to like. Okay. Darkness. And I was like, yeah, when you come crazy. up to the one level, <laughs> there's, you know, you look and there's a stage door off to your left, and then you come up and then it kind of plateaus out. <clears throat> and then it, uh, there's a, like a catering room there, which is probably the room you were sitting in. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty good sized room. Yeah. 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 yeah with windows and everything. Yeah. And then if you keep going, you know, for about, I don't know, 12, 14 feet or something like that. There's a bathroom there, and then there's more stairs that go up, and that goes up to the fly floor, yeah. fly floor which I've watched a lot of shows from there. And, uh, you know, it's like a catwalks and all that stuff yeah. so for the rigging and all that yeah. stuff. So, so yeah, uh, you know, they don't let uh, VIPs or any, you know, <laughs> ticket holders go up there, yeah. you know, because if you don't know what you're doing or where you're going – watch your step or whatever yeah you could hurt yourself i don't necessarily mean kill yourself but you could hurt yourself so yeah that's allegedly where the stage manager hung himself in the 1940s or 50s i don't know i don't know 
But yeah, it's been a long time since I worked with Brady. But yeah, I, I, I remember the, I, I had to say some of you guys because, man, one time <laughs> I got the overnight girl from the edge was like, she was really young and she was just like, oh, bullshit. Brady's not haunted. That's the biggest bunch of bullshit. And I was like, okay, I'll tell you what. You need you need to talk to uh, your PD, your program director. And, you know, Halloween's coming up, whatever, and you guys could do, you know, do a lot of promo. You're going to do a live remote from the Brady all night. You're going to do your shift, you know, for which was like midnight to six or whatever, you know, five. And she was like, okay. Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that, you know. And I was like, I was laughing. I was like, "Yo, you'll you'll never spend the whole shift there <laughs> by yourself. I promise you." And uh, she's all, oh, "Yeah." Well. And so she did. She talked to her program director, and they talked to Larry Schaefer at the time. And uh, Larry talked to her, and he goes, "He goes, I will let you do it." He goes, "But if." Uh, if you have, to, if you call me to have you let you out before your shift's over, he goes, I'm going to charge you five hundred dollars. Wow! And so she chickened out. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't put that money where her mouth was. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, that would have been an easy five hundred bucks. Oh, man, can you yeah. imagine the ratings there? Oh, it's like man. all these people at work at night and stuff, man, I'd be listening to that. It would be like the morning show ratings for a, for a graveyard (laughs) show. Yeah. That would have been awesome. I would, I still would say do it. Yeah. You know, why not? It's still haunted. Probably. I don't know. I haven't worked there in a long time, but I'll see if you can get, get a hold of them. We'll three of us will go out there and record six hours. Man. Yeah. You guys should, you guys should. Let's do it. (laughs) You should do all your shows at the Brady. <laughs> when nobody else is there and there's just like one light bulb on a mic stand yeah. out on the stage. I've seen that. <laughs> yes. It's creepy. Wow. Yeah. You instantly hear things. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. It's scary looking building, man, at night. Yeah. You know, when yeah. it's dark in there. So yeah. I heard recently from I'm not gonna say from who, but someone told me that they're considering shutting down. Oh, I don't doubt it. Just because they're having so much trouble booking shows because of all the casinos. Yeah, uh, that's that's coming into play too. And and you know, uh, I don't know when the last time they've had a decent facelift for the Brady. Yeah, it's kind of almost inevitable to to a degree. But uh, it seems like it, they somebody will shut it down for a while, but it comes back or something. Yeah, it seems like it's happened a couple times. Really? Well, it's always been the same owner, and okay. it's Peter Mayo. Yeah. So. Um, as far as I know, he still owns it, but you know they have uh, DCF concerts doing a lot of stuff in there. Has been, and um, I used to work for those guys, and um, all the cool stuff that comes there, you know, is usually them. Basically, all the stuff that comes there, mm-hmm. and um, I think that Peter Mayo, from what I heard, was ready to shut it down until. DCF came along saying, no, 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 we want a book here. And so I don't think that, you know, Peter Mayo's same family as Mayo Hotel. I don't think he's, you know, hurting for money or anything like that. So uh, it would be sad, man, but, yeah, it's probably inevitable. Mm -hmm. So anybody, anytime they got something halfway cool, everybody needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is. It's like already that Hendrix thing. Is moved to the casino. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, and that and, sucks. Yeah, and because 
those tickets are freaking sky high now. Oh, yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a real sterile environment compared yeah, to the Brady, you it know. It really is. I don't know. But <clears throat> I agree. Plastic environment, yeah. I guess, you know. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. But yeah, I was that was the exact show I was going to bring up because it's always it's always come to the Brady and now it's hit the Hard Rock and Yeah. You know. Well, the times are changing, man, and yes, you can't you can't are, fight yeah. it and I know, you know, when I was working concerts in the 90s, everything that came through Tulsa Larry Schaefer's who I worked for and you know he had a hand in everything if it didn't have the direct hand in it he had a hand in it yeah. uh, they would always be using his security or his stage hands or his barricade at the very least or you know um, you know he was uh, and it was great you know then and I miss those times too mm-hmm. where it's like you know all the all the cutting edge punk bands and metal bands were coming to Canes and then the, the has been kind of, you know, seventies, not really has been, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of the used to be's or whatever they were coming to. And you just never, every week was just going to be something different, you know, and you never knew what kind of show was coming up Yeah. after, you know, past a month or two. And, uh, you know, do bands like asleep at the wheel and, Ian Moore and stuff like that in there all the time. And man, it's, it's, it was great culture for me yeah. because I got to see everything and uh, not just kind of a wonder about it. And, you know, they used to have that song, Cake had that song, How Do You Forge Your Rock and Roll Lifestyle back then? Well, yeah. that's how I did it. I worked the shows. It's weird. It's like maybe I'm just, I'm too much of a metal guy or I'm out of touch, but. I'll look at the Canes concert calendar and I might know like one act, uh, that whole list. I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. Well, you know, you know, they've had to specialize. And fortunately for them, it's, it's basically, you know, the owner's kids. That's kind of the, the thrust of bands that are, they're bringing or stuff they're into. That's what I, that's, I figured it was something like that. The thrust of it, the main thrust of it, the stuff they're into. Well, it works. It is, you know, because, you know, the same fate could come to the Canes as, you know, as Brady or anything. Nothing lasts forever. So, uh, you know, I like the Rogers that own it now. You know, they've keeping it out of corporate hands as far as I'm concerned, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah there's not as much there that interests me to go see, you know. Uh, the last time I went there, I went to see the sword, I think. It's been a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go there much. Maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I was like pretty much one of the caretakers of that thing. And yeah. that's like a, you know, when you look at the history of that place, I said, you know, I was lucky to get that. So. So random question then. What do you know about the springs in the floor? Because I've seen people argue on Facebook saying there are springs, there aren't springs. <laughs> okay. Well, you remember how I had to explain this whole Aerosmith thing to you guys the last yeah. time, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to now solve that one for you. Okay. <clears throat> the Canes was a car dealership originally when they built that building. And they had pits in the floor. And they had two big ones. You know, not like you see it lightning lube or jiffy lube or whatever, you know, it was just a little short one. And it was like these big long ones. Yeah. They had two of them. And 
so they could work on the cars, I guess. I don't know. Who knows what a dealership was like in the yeah, 20s or the early, <laughs> you know, 18. And it was all the oil boom and the oil driven and the high rollers coming here anyway. So that was, that was this. And, you know, that went away because of the nature of the high rollers and everything here and the oil. The cane... Madison, Mad Daddy Kane or whatever, Madison Kane, I think was his name. He started the the Dance Academy. Yeah. Okay, and that was for Bob Wills. And they did ballroom dancing, and they gave lessons, and they had balls and, you know, that kind of thing. So they put in a dance floor, and allegedly they put it over these pits. Now, who knows? When they did the uh, remodel back in, what, 2004? Mm-hmm. We, when I worked there, we would always tell everybody, you know, spring loaded dance floor, everybody, you know, is the oldest in the state and all this stuff, you know. So we bought into the, all of it, you know, just, <laughs> just all word of mouth, though. We didn't, we never looked underneath the floor. So they, they had to tear out the floor. The floor's in really bad shape and they tore out the floor and they, they found these pits or whatever and, or what they thought were and they did a story in the newspaper about how there's not spring-loaded, there's no springs down here, there's no spring-loaded dance floor. <clears throat> and, you know, and they had, they interviewed the Rogers and all this stuff, and it was like they didn't find it. And, uh, you know, well, I don't know about you guys, but that that dance floor would pogo your yeah, ass right. up and down. Yep. Well, after that story ran... Long uh, a couple three years after that, they found the springs somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I never was there during the remodel or anything. But that's what I heard. They later on found the springs. They were not in the pits. Yeah, they were under the. I don't know. I don't know how exactly it was. Now that's what I've heard. That's what I've been an impression all this time, and and I I feel that is pretty pretty correct. Mm-hmm. You know that it just. The technology of a spring-loaded dance floor that from the fifties or whatever just wasn't around in nineteen ten or fifteen or when they built the canes. It's, it was just different, um, and they didn't really know what to look for, so they finally figured it out somehow. I don't know if anybody else can clear that up. You can get on my Facebook and let me know. But <laughs> but that's that's as, uh, that's the whole thing as I understand it. Yeah. But yeah, we always told people spring loaded dance oh, yeah. floor. Man, it would. It just you would bounce. Yeah. You could just basically stand there still and and kind of bounce you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I remember seeing Ian Moore there way back in the day, and the place was just. Yeah. I mean, it was just pulsating. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun, man. Yeah. Kind of like a foot yeah. massage. <laughs> great. <laughs> well, working all those shows, could you say what your favorite show was? Oh, at the Canes? Yeah. Well, there was some definitely, I don't know about favorite. There was definitely some memorable ones. I think the ministry one there where the, uh, I don't know if you guys went about ninety five or six or something, and they With the stink bomb, the, yeah, or is tear gas, the tear gas bomb, or the pepper spray bomb, or whatever it was. That was pretty memorable wow. because they had the bathroom shut down and had speakers all the way from wall to wall, <laughs> all the way to the walls, so you couldn't walk around to go to the bathroom. And we had just, uh, I, I swear, we talked about this last time, but uh, yeah, we had just worked the blues festival for two days. 
on no sleep, man. We had a, the biggest load in of Kane's whole existence. And uh, I can promise you that. That was pretty memorable. Uh, you know, the time that Pitbulls got to open for Anthrax and Misfits was very memorable. One of my favorite things there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. There were some cool things there uh, in the day that I worked. There really was. Um, you know, when uh, we did it, back in those days, Canes didn't have air conditioning. It closed down through June and July. Yeah. Well, they decided to go ahead and do Collective Soul and, and <laughs> Dave Grohl. Oh, yeah. Were you guys at that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That was so hot. That I'm miserable. surprised yeah. people didn't die. I know. Yeah. You know, that was insane. And they had, they said, well, now we're going to bring these huge fans. It'll be fine. They put so many people in there. It didn't matter how yeah. big the fans were. There's no circulation whatsoever out of yeah. them. Just a waste of electricity. God, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. That that reminds me, which is, a, I probably, this is probably the last, when we talked to you last, is that, mm-hmm. that story about my ex. She was at that show, you know, back then. I was. We didn't know each other back then. We were right. Kids. But she had on the big 1995 Jinko huge jeans, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she, she said when she walked out of that show, those jeans were just dragging behind her. They were completely soaked with sweat. Yeah, but And she could barely walk. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how intense that show was and, like, just sweaty. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we were part of some, you know, good stuff there, man, in those days. And I think that... You know, whether you, you know, you were just going to shows there back then, you were part of something cool. Yeah. Because it was a, kind of a different than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, it is way I, I, Can different. kids go to the casinos and get into shows? I don't even know how that works. Mm-hmm. I don't go to casinos. Yeah. I think you can go to shows. Or can you? All age? I don't know. I don't. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea. Well, you know, there was all age at the Canes back yeah. then. Yep. Probably to the dismay of parents everywhere. Dismay <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> of mine, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, we got a. You mentioned the anthrax. Oh God, I show. totally forgot about. Oh my God, we got stopped by the cops when we were leaving. There was like probably six of us, and it was, we're just walking down the street, and these like three cops just swarm up, pull out guns, tell us to get on. It was the night some cop yeah. got shot. So they had all the off-duty people, and the misfits were so loud and un. You yes. couldn't tell what was going on. Yes, we were just like we're, we're leaving. I mean, we we can't even understand what. Anyways, so that's why there's like four or five of us walking by ourselves, nobody else around because we left early. Right, and these these off-duty cops just honed in and had us on our knees and Man. all kinds of stuff. Because they said it, the, we matched the description of a white guy in black. Shirt or something like, like shirts and jeans. Like, and my friend, you know, is like, well, you're about to see a thousand more here in like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shut up. Don't pop off to them. They're going to shoot us. Yeah. I remember that night of the ministry with a pepper spray bomb. Like, guy came up and told me about it. I was doing paperwork in the back. I didn't even know what had happened. And then he came up and told me about it. He said, we're looking for a guy with long black hair wearing a black T-shirt and jeans. And I'm like, good luck with that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's great. Like, okay, that described everybody that was here. Wow. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that sucks, man, when the cops do that to you. Uh, that would tend to give me nightmares, you yeah. know. They're pulling guns and all screaming at me. 
and get down on the ground. I don't get down on the ground as fast as I once did yeah, right. for any th- unless I fall. Yeah. So. And getting back up's even harder. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned the sword earlier. Have you have you uh, have you heard their acoustic album they did? You know, I have not took oh, okay. taken any of the time to listen to any of that. Yeah. But um, it's high country, just exact, but just acoustic. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. That. Uh, that kind of didn't set well with me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was kind of like, you know what? I've just seen you just do another album, yeah, even yeah, if it yeah. is acoustic, yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, I don't know, man. I'm sure it's good, though. I, I definitely love the sword. I know you, I told you guys that last yeah. time. It was like really on, man, too. Yeah. But no, I, I, haven't been, I haven't been keeping up with anything lately. Yeah, there was another... John Blank. What's a singer from Caius's name? Oh, um, Garcia. Garcia. Yeah, yeah John Garcia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he released an album just a few weeks ago. It was basically the same thing, but it was from throughout his entire career, like Caius's solo stuff. Yeah. And a couple, I think, originals, but I yeah. listened to it. It was great. I heard Green Machine, um, acoustic version of that, and it kind of cracked me up, man. But, <laughs> but it was good. You could tell it was him. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I love those guys, man. They're the, That band was kind of a game changer for me. Yeah. It really was. And, uh, you know, they, they let me know that it was okay to slow things down and, mm-hmm. you know, it had to be playing everything 70 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they did it so well. And it was really heavy doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah I, that was one concert I actually worked, uh, you know, in the early 90s. It was Kais opened up for White Zombie and Danzig. And uh, they were not, yeah, it was Police for the Red Sun album. And we were helping them, you know, we were helping these guys. And, of course, you know, at that time, White Zombie and Danzig were pretty big rock stars. Well, Kais was, you know, they just another local band on tour, luckily, on tour with those guys and, just very cool. Didn't put on any airs or anything. And we, we helped him set up. And, and it was uh, Brant Bjork, Oliveri, you know, of course, uh, Hami and Garcia, that lineup. And they were very cool, man. And then they, we were pulling up all their gear, which was setting up in front of White Zombie, which was setting up in front of Dancer, you know. So they had like zero room. And uh, we're like loaded up two big bass rigs, you know. It's like, man. You know, on each side of the stage, and like, where's your, uh, where's your guitar rigs? I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> you play out of a bass rig? Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. I'm like, oh wow, wow, that should be interesting. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, they were really cool guys, man. At yeah. that point, they had you know achieved a lot of success. Yeah. So they hadn't been. You know, I don't know what it does to you. I'd love to know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Apparently, it makes you more shallow. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'd love to find out. Yeah, no doubt. So. <laughs> so, Pepper Keenan opening for Lamb of God. Yeah. Back with COC. I mean, I was over the moon. How are you? Oh, yeah. Man, that was just totally great. Uh, I know. I'm so glad because... You know, they booted Reed Mullen again for his alcoholism just like weeks into that tour. And we yeah. happened to be able to see Reed play with him. So, yeah. you know, Pepper back with him. Yeah, it was a really good night. I wish, you know, even when I heard of that show, I was like, 
man, wait a minute, Clutch is opening for Lamb of God? I don't get that, you know. <laughs> and uh, and CLC too, you know. So I'd love to heard longer sets from both of them, but nothing against Lamb of God. They're awesome, uh, but they're just not as old school as them guys. Mm-hmm. So I just don't. Yeah, you know, I I get it, kind of. <laughs> and Clutch has turned things down a lot too yeah. over the years. They're not near as loud as they used to be. Yeah. So I remember they opened up for Orange Goblin, man. Orange Go- or Orange Goblin opened up for them at Cades, and yeah, yeah Goblin was so freaking loud, and yeah. Clutch got up there and just like turned it about half volume of that. <laughs> yeah, tell who the old guys are. Yeah. Well, we we definitely loved uh, Coc and Clutch more than Lamb of God too. So, oh yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, but yeah, just like light's you know, been through so much, man. Yeah, let me turn some light yeah. on, man. I'm sorry, guys. I know this is good radio. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Album they're making. Yeah, I know. That, that's got to oh, be, yeah. yeah. be great. Yeah, it will. So are you skipping your first question you wrote down? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's not right. a question. Well, just... I, I thought I had the rest of memorized. I put my phone away. <laughs> but I had to give you a hard time about the Cowboys. Because <laughs> I'm a huge Giants fan, so. Yeah, I kind of noticed that on Facebook. <laughs> I don't. What's nice don't, about it, though? <laughs> I don't. I don't gloat. I'll just put like a, a picture, you know, because the minute I start getting too braggy is when they do something stupid, and then everybody <coughs> pounces on me. Well, you know, <laughs> it's almost like, you know, there's Tom Brady, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we suck. So do you, because Brady's better. You know, and, uh, you know, seven times to the Super Bowl, man, that's crazy. Yeah, one five, and uh, so yeah, the Cowboys. I did get to go to the Detroit Lions Cowboys game. I've never been to AT and T Stadium to see a Cowboys game anyway. Mm-hmm. So you in there, but good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff. I, that place is wired tight. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, we were on the fourth level. I'm going to tell you what, you sit there and jump up and down get real fast and be my age and everything. <laughs> <laughs> on that fourth level, you're so high in the air. It's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you start getting dizzy real fast. Now, I've never been yet. That place looks massive, though. Well, most, you know, I mean, I think they're not the only – fourth level stadium around now, mm-hmm. but most of them are three. Yeah. Even like BOK is just three. Yeah. Well, just to picture that with a fourth level oh, on top. Yeah. Well, we were about five or six rows from the very, from the wall, wow. from the very top. And so, man, it just, you're just really up there. And when you're looking down that field, I mean, the players like to look like, uh, you remember those old electric football games? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. that's basically yeah. what it looked like. And, uh, yeah, it was good though. I mean, they had that big screen and, <clears throat> I know. I heard you guys talking about that today. Uh, you're going there to see, yeah, old Metallica. Metallica, yeah. It's a great place, man. You can tell that. You yeah. know, you can tell that no stone was left unturned with Mr. Jerry Jones. Oh yeah, and, and he goes uh, big. Yeah, it was a good place, man. It, it you know, it escalators all the way up to that fourth level. I was like, God, there's wow. no way I can do stairs. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna have to look for elevators. <laughs> 
<laughs> they had elevators too, but escalators were the way to go. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. I'm going to need a series of them. Wow. Until you get to the fourth level. Uh, it is fun. You're going to have fun. Is that the first time you've ever you're yeah, be there? Yeah, my first time being there. Yeah. He's, he went to see Guns N' Roses. Well, I've seen a few place. football games oh, there, yeah, but it's right. always been college. Yeah. Saw a couple of U games and then another. Oh, yeah? I was at the. Big uh, championship was like Texas and Nebraska. Oh, yeah? Because it was free. I wouldn't pay to see either of those teams. But. Did you see the last <laughs> Big 12 championship there? Oh, you? Yeah. Nebraska? I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I was there on the field working. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know you were at the Kansas game that I went to, too. Oh, you Kansas? Yeah. I saw you were there at that. Yeah, that was a good game. So, yeah, they're at the last – I don't really matter because you're not a Cowboys fan, but <clears throat> last three months of the year I went to see uh, OU, and then I saw Black Sabbath, and then I saw Jason Bond's Led Zeppelin experience, which basically to me was Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then I, I saw the Cowboys that. in three months. That happened I to me. That. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> and it was so surreal. Did you guys go to Black Sabbath? And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So surreal watching election return, you know, thinking about election returns while you're sitting there mesmerized by what's going on in front of you. Yep. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then you're look, looking at it going, man, I can't believe Trump's won. <laughs> I know. Well, wasn't it like, God, it was, uh, God, we get, man, I, I don't know why, but we got, I got home and it was still going. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It was still, and so I just stayed up even later, going, yeah. "You guy can't up." Oh my god, yeah. you know. And it kept going. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to get another beer. <laughs> I need. I got to be at work in the morning, but who cares? This is too." I too remember we're just joking all the way leading up to it that you know it's kind of fitting. You're going to hear war pigs and children of the grave. <laughs> no matter who gets nominated, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. That was kind of the way. You know, it was, it was damned if we did or damned if we didn't. Yeah, almost right. so. It is just an interesting historic thing. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I think it's like uh, the fact that we were just you know left with those two. Here's your choice. It goes. You know, you just kind of look around your shoulder, going, "Who who's setting this crap up yeah. these days?" Right. Yeah. You know. What what kind of Illuminati bullshit is this? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, so. it's like I told him my brother's like the biggest redneck Ted Nugent loving conservative whatever, and he was like, "This guy sucks. I can't believe we have <laughs> this is who we know." He's like, "I'm not even going to vote." I mean, that's saying something. I think there was a lot of people that kind of yeah were. Uh, you know, didn't really want to vote for it, either one of them. And a lot of people went out and go, voted for the Libertarian. And, you know, he I don't know if he got more votes than any Libertarian, but it just, you know, you just knew it wasn't going to be enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that those third parties do, do kind of play a hand in the final thing. But, uh, yeah, it, but it was. It was surreal watching that mm-hmm. and knowing that was it, basically – you know, it was the last time you're going to get to see him. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was just really weird watching the election returns and the, looking at Ozzy and looking at your phone and going, <laughs> CNN says Trump's going to win. You know? I'm like, man, right. Ozzy, stop like this, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> right as the war page started. He sounded good, though. He sounded all right. I thought they sounded great for yeah. their age, yeah. man. I mean, they come on. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, Ozzy has been using the teleprompter for decades now, yeah. so he's uh, 
you know, he didn't, he did about what I expected him mm-hmm. to, you know, just kind of stood there and rocked. Yeah. It was good stuff, man. I was, I was real happy that I got to go to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was for, for the longest time. I was like, ah, I've seen him. I've seen Ozzy. I don't really know. But then closer to God, I was like, ah, I got to go. Oh man. Yeah. You know, I was really, really, really pleasantly surprised when, um, you know, they just, they just played all old stuff. I, there was no songs off 13 or mm-hmm. anything like that. But, you know, when you're sitting there watching that and you're watching these great songs, like you're saying, Children of the Grave or Into the Void or whatever that they were doing, and you, and you sit there and think, man, you know, they've got all this other material that they didn't record with each other. Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. like six <laughs> hours worth of, of hold your attention material here, you know, if they start yeah. busting out crazy train and <laughs> heaven and hell and all <laughs> yeah, this other know, stuff, man. you yeah. know, it's like, man, these guys, these guys are responsible for some really cool music over their, our lives, you yeah. know? So, yeah, there's a lot of history in the room. <laughs> yeah. Time. It was awesome, man. You know, I did think about that a lot. It was like, no, they're not going to play crazy train or, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Crowley, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, I saw something like just a few weeks ago when it was coming up before the final show where Tony Iommi had said, you know, cause it made it sound like it was the final show, but now they're saying it's just the final tour. Yeah. Oh, you've got to love that. You know, so they can like leave it open. One off every They can leave then. it open to doing one off shows, you know? Yeah. Well, hey man. <laughs> I was working the night uh, Ozzy came to Tulsa with no more tours. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, that was supposed yeah. to be it. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, more power to him. If they can do it and they're physically able. I remember, you know, I was really upset about Bill Ward on that whole fiasco, you know, Sharon. It's easy to kind of blame her. But I, I really think that if people look at, uh, you know, the history there, the last time Sabbath got together with Ozzy, you know, they had the drummer for Faith No More on tour with him because Bill just couldn't pull it off some nights. And yeah. it was just as a backup. They were paying him outrageous money to go on the road. You know, I just don't know if Bill could, I mean, not that Bill can't play or anything anymore. Cause yeah. I think he just came out with a solo album, mm-hmm. but it just the rigors of touring and playing yeah. that kind of material. I just don't know if he, he could have pulled it off, but it would have been interesting if he could have, yeah. you know, since they were all still alive, you know, the, the core of the original band, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So it's like people still gripe about kiss, you know, and it's like Peter Chris is 71. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he may not be able to <laughs> exactly. rock and roll all night and party every day anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, there's those rumors now that they're going to bring Ace back, but you know they won't bring Peter back. No. no. Well, I think, you know, that'd be kind of, you know, everything I've read and seen over the years between them and Ace is like, I don't know why Gene and Paul would want him back. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's all the shit they've talked about him over yeah. the years. Oh, I know. And the guy definitely does seem like Space Cadet. So, <laughs> you know, I I heard something something on the radio with him. He was on, had some radio interview, and and he was uh, – it was several years ago, but uh, he was – I heard this, and I can't remember where. It may have been the internet. He is like uh, – 
on the radio with this guy that you're just introducing him and you know he's gonna do this radio everybody and he was like well uh, and he was real excited you know he's like well i'm sorry and he's talking to this thick yankee ac- accent you know there's a ufo out of my yard right now <laughs> i don't think i can do this interview very much longer and you know it's just like wow <laughs> yes you know, but, hey, that's what you expect from him. Yeah. Well, yeah. You cut. You you know. You want that out of your rock yeah, stars exactly. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, want some reality challenge right. folks there. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Hopefully, it's an act. But you know. <laughs> you never know. I figure it comes know. down to Gene knows if Ace is in the band, he's going to sell two thousand more tickets than he would have yeah. with Tommy in the band. So yeah, that's it's good a bus- enough for him. Business decisions <laughs> yeah. definitely speak that's with old Gene, huh? Yeah. You know, um, I think we covered it. That's cool. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, did kind of awesome. cover it fast. Huh? I yeah. looked it up. It was we've done ninety six episodes since we talked to you last. No shit. Ninety six wow. more. Huh. Is that the number? 14? Oh, that's new. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys are doing great shit, man. I I fucking so appreciate it, man. I do. Uh, it's like the modern equivalent of you know like these local fanzines and shit yeah. that used to be around that's, that's kinda, what i've always thought you yeah. know that's kind of how we got into it way back then so. and i used to love yeah. those kind of yeah. fanzine things too. starship or mohawk and yeah. Put them all up. yeah yeah just like, yeah we'd run awful things to put a starship and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. well like just you get all kinds of whacked out shit you know you might <laughs> yeah. go out of might go out of town and go to the bar scene there and you they're there you know and you grab those and you start reading them and you learn about other bands yeah yeah you know yeah it's good stuff i still got a bunch of those from the 90s <laughs> from all the kinds of different places i've went yeah. i keep most of my uh, memorabilia over at my mom's just because it's too massive to bring over here yeah but one of these days i will uh like to break that shit out and show you. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, there you go, Steve Ray of Oklahoma and of course, formerly of Pitbulls on Crack. Quite an honor to have him back on this podcast. We talked about, you know, the last time we had him on, we kind of went into more detail that we're, you know, we grew up in this area. Yeah. If you're a fan of heavy music in the Tulsa area and you grew up in this area, you know that Pitbulls on Crack was one of the the bigger deals around here for a long time. Yes, they were. And, you know, being at the age we were when they were around, you know, we kind of looked at that as like the band from Tulsa, you know, when we were 14, 15, 16, growing up in the early to mid nineties and, you know, caught them live several times, you know, and you go, go back and listen to that episode because we talked about a story one time when we saw him live and him made, made everybody introduce us and everybody introduced themselves in the crowd because there was only like 18 of us. You know, just other great stuff like that. There's a lot of different stuff that we talked about more. Pibbles on crack and Oklahoma Brazen kind of we did on this one. Yeah. But this was kind of cool hearing all those stories about, you know, the Bray Theater and Kane's Ballroom. and Yeah, it's just a, it was a good, uh, you know, a good, a good conversation about just uh, music, the venues, uh, and just uh, just kind of a good history kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can look up Ocalombres on Facebook, give them a like. They're also on Reverb Nation. They have a few songs up there that an EP they put out in 2015, which is fantastic. Great Southern hard rock. Can't really go wrong with this kind of stuff. And 
you know, dig through YouTube and find old pit bulls on crack videos as well. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Ever. Ever. <laughs> well, if you are listening on 102.7 WSNR, we appreciate it. You can find us online at thethunderunderground.com. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, check out 102.7. You know, it works both ways, right? Definitely. That's 1027WSNR.com. It's also on the CryKey Premium Radio app, you know, which has a lot of great radio stations on there. But 102.7 plays, you know, just all kinds of rock all across the board, you know, from classic rock to heavy stuff. And at night, they play the other nights of the week besides ours. They play podcasts as well. We're on every Monday. 7 p.m. Central. And we're also on soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. We've had on guys from Shinedown, Megadeth, Crowbar, Crozier Conformity, Death Angel, Europe, Warrant, Great White, Soil, The Obsessed. Drowning Pool. Yeah, Avatar. Battlecross. Insight. There you go. Yeah, and 109 other episodes before this one. Just dig through there, check them out. We've got tons of stuff and we're also on Facebook, YouTube. YouTube, that's another thing to point out. We finally got around to uploading some of these past episodes and current episodes on YouTube, so you can check them out there as well. All the recent ones and then some of the the highlights from our past couple years are up there now, and as the weeks go, we'll get more up there, but you can also... So basically, you can listen to us now on YouTube. Hell yeah. yeah and we all, we've also got like reaction vids for like Black Sabbath and... Metallica, Avenged Sevenfold, and uh, yeah, so if you just get on YouTube and subscribe, you'll be notified when we go live with that stuff, but obviously, you can find it anytime on there. Well, we've got a busy week of concerts coming up. Yeah, we do. You know, we've got, um, I'm going to Kiss tonight. That's right. Oh, is that tonight? That is tonight. Yeah, the joint here in Tulsa, which I'll talk about that after the fact. I normally wouldn't. You know, Kiss has come here several times in the past decade, and I've skipped them all because I saw them, you know, what did we see Saw them three times, I think, in my life, and it's great. It's Kiss, but it's kind of once you've seen one, it's a show you've seen them. And unless you're a diehard fan or not changing the set list, it's kind of, eh. I'd love to yeah. go on that Kiss cruise. Yeah. But I can't, I couldn't pass up seeing them in the joint just because yeah. it's like seeing Kiss in a small space. That's never going to, that option's never going to be around you know, unless I go on the Kiss Cruise, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, yeah, the Kiss Cruises, that would be amazing to go to one day. Yeah. Hear Creatures of the Night and uh, Unholy. Unholy, Jesus. Hang out with Florida Frank. <laughs> yes, that would be the main reason I'd want to go. <laughs> right. Just for that. Yeah. Because that guy's awesome. Yeah. And if you don't know, well, then, I, I don't know, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. You deserve a punch in the head. That's right. If you're not a hate brood fan. See, I just gave it away <laughs> for him. Huh. Well, we've also got this coming Tuesday is Tesla and Tulsa. Then the next night, that a week from tonight, Dropkick Murphys in Tulsa. Yes. The next Thursday is the Dirty Reggae Punks in Tulsa, DMG Productions. Shout out to Chris Taylor. Then that Friday is Seasons After in Tulsa. And then that Saturday is Fist of Rage. Smoke Offering and Less Than Human at the Downtown Lounge. Yes, I will be there. Then that following two days later, that Monday, he is legend at Downtown Lounge. Yep. And I think that same Saturday night, Screamer and Mutiny is playing at the Shrine with 
383 and really maybe Chuck Cooley or no someone else. There's a third band on the bill. I did not know that. I'm yeah. slipping. Yeah, it's so it's kind of a tough choice between the two. But yeah, we got to mention once again if you're in this area, get out to Downtown Lounge as many times as you can in the next little over a month. I think it's March 26th or 8th is their last day, so they're putting on as many shows as they can between now and then. But just go support him regardless because it's a great bar and it's going to be sadly missed for sure. Yeah. He should, or his last show, he should get Black Snowflake and Saxon. Yeah. A double bill. That's yeah. right. That'd be a co headline because I couldn't, <laughs> I don't know who would open for who on that. Yeah, I know. That'd be a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's also uh, one other thing I want to throw in Holy Mountain in Tulsa. Oh, man. Yeah. They're also closing down. February 28th, so you've got right under a week to get in there. But the thing is, they've got a website you can get on, and he'll have his stock on there. You can buy from him online anytime, whether you're in this area or not. But who doesn't love going to record stores and just looking through the records? And Holy Mountain was always great because it's stocked full of just heavy music that most record stores don't have. Yeah. So it's kind of a bummer to see that go. But there is a new record store opening, but it's kind of the opposite end of it because it's a one of the big guys, it's Josie Records, and yeah. they're a chain. But I guess something downtown's better than nothing, right? Yeah, true. But we will miss Holy Mountain for sure. Outside of that, get on the Thunder Underground, follow us on all the social medias, and listen to Oklahoma Braves. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.